against the boards. Chopped at, but not out. Stolen. Fed ahead at center, and then Hyman couldn't get by Ristolainen. Sabres are in across the line. Dropping it off near side, Olofsson. Into the slot, a shot scores! Jack Eichel on the third power play for Buffalo will restore a lead. Someone check in on Steve Dangle immediately. Let's just forget about that one completely. The Sabres spanked the Maple Leafs 5-2, brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590, the fan in the Leafs radio network. Nick Alberga joined alongside Gord Stelic at the Gold Muzzy at Gord Stelic, where you can link in during, uh, on Twitter. Uh, Sam McKee and Anthony Messina behind the glass as well. I'm sure a lot of uh, people who took in this game from KeyBank Center uh, crossing the border and will listen to us. So, Gord, I comprised the list of words or thoughts to describe this game. I thought that was the only tangible thing to do. And what is your list? Disappointing, discouraging, substandard, poor, pitiful, garbage, terrible, embarrassing, depressing, crap, poop emoji, Martin Marincin's the best hockey player on the planet. Okay, you got a little carried away at the end there. Um, I don't know if you'll be <laughs> you don't like the poop not. emoji, do you? The, no. uh, okay, so that Eichel goal was the first of three goals in a minute 31 seconds, and that was it. Bang, bang, bang. The Leafs tie it up 2-2 in a game they don't deserve to be tied. So good on that. We talk about it's point accu- uh, accumulation. Yeah. So doesn't have to be pretty. And they were on the verge. They had momentum. And then all of a sudden, it just dissipated. Now, there were three keys to victory last night, or, or tonight. And all three really came true in some ways. Like, Freddie Anderson was a positive. He Your played profit, phenomenal. Your profit. Jack Eichel, I said. And Jack Eichel gets that goal. And then he does what he did before, two years ago. Jumps right against the glass against a Leaf fan. I like that. He rubs it. A Leaf fan right on the, on the glass that way. I love Eichel's little bite that way. And then said, hey, if you get a lead, what's with this tentativeness the, that they've been playing the last seven, eight games? this whole backing in, this whole men- mental mistakes in their own zone. Well, they did it before they got a lead. They never got a lead. It was tied. And they just did all that. Three goals in a minute, 31 seconds. Really, uh, in a lot of ways, an inexcusable effort. But give the Sabres credit. They played really, really well. Really well. The Sabres came jack, played well all game. And I do have to say, I'm sorry to be, because Jim Ralph talked about it, 2-2 tie, chintzy, chintzy penalties. I'm still looking for the replay. The refs can't be thrilled or shouldn't be thrilled or shouldn't be expecting many playoff assignments based on that. But that is not why I thought it was funny. The Leafs the got Toronto a power play in a five, two. Yeah, game that late. was, that was even lamer <laughs> at the end. You're thrilled, but that is not there why they go. lost the game. They, they got, they got, beat they got pumped left, right center. They got pumped. They got Gord. beat. I yes. mean, there, there's no other way to put it. Um, and this echoes off last night. I know you're, you're feeling a bit better about the Maple Leafs win four, two in Canada last night than I was. This has been a re- repetitive thing for the last six, seven games. And quite frankly, I'm a little alarmed by this team right now. Well, what is it? One non-overtime win in the last, what, 10 games? I mean, it's just, uh, yeah. It's not pretty, essentially, yeah. you know? Well, I would think they are alarmed. I would think Kyle Dubas, Brendan Shanahan, Sheldon Keefe are all to a degree alarmed. But again, part of their job is to keep perspective and context. And you are in a playoff position right now. Now, you're up against... Okay, so you lost against an easier opponent tonight. And easier opponents win games. They will along the way. So you got a tough one now. You got Pittsburgh, which is firing on all cylinders. You got a home and home. They won again today. So there's the challenge. And those are some of the games against the heavyweights that if you want to be in the playoffs playing the big boys, you got to start beating some of the big boys. You do. Uh, and that's pretty much all you can say about this one. Again, if you're just tuning in, a 5 2 loss here to the Buffalo Sabres, three goals and 131. I suppose was. Partially the story, but 
Buffalo, definitively the better team in this hockey game. The right team won this hockey game. Jack Eichel, another taunt to Maple Leafs Nation. It was a pack barn with Maple Leafs fans who have crossed the border here, but just an alarming effort in my opinion. I mean, there's no other way to sugarcoat it in my opinion. This Maple Leafs team has not been the same for a while. Again, point accumulation as you bring up, but they, they have to be on the phones here, Gord. Rasmus Sandin, I mean, to expect what they're expecting out of a kid right now. Got worked on one of those goals. Dance. Abs- I don't I don't even want to pick on Alex Kerfoot. I have no clue in the world what he was doing on that back check. It was like, I don't know. Well, that was inexcusable, actually. That that was. that was, and I like Kerfoot, you know, yeah. but that was the kind. But, okay, they got outshot 16-5 to five in the first period, yeah. and there was no score. So that's how they came out. They got three shots in the first period Thursday against uh, – the Dallas Stars. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're right. That th- those are alarming totals. But the upside was at the time that they were in the game, that they were tied in the game. And, you know, the thing about working the phones, we'll talk, uh, we, there was a big trade made today by the New Jersey Devils and the yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning. And look what New Jersey got back. I mean, this is this is the, the cachet it is for a guy. Now, Blake Coleman, real serviceable player, having a strong season, Big key, he's got term. He's got one year left at $1.8 million next season. So the Tampa Bay Lightning are saying, okay, great. We got this guy, uh, and uh, we'll have him next year when we have some real cap problems. That's going to help us. And they get one of the foots back. There's two foots. They got uh, one of the foot brothers. They get a first-round pick. Nolan. Yes. They get Nolan, and they get Tampa Bay's first-round pick, but it's the Vancouver first-round pick in the J.T. Miller trade. Yeah. So that will should be the better pick. Tampa Bay protected it if the Canucks don't make the playoffs then it gets fl- it gets deferred for another year. But that's a lot to give up, but that's what it costs for a Blake Coleman. So I don't know. You, you can work all the, work the phones all you want, Nick, but I, I don't know what you can do without your first-round pick. In the Leafs' case, it's gone to Carolina. Uh, you look, it was a second-round pick to get Andy Green. The, the New York Honors did. You're talking about Pricey, a 37-year-old yeah. defenseman Rental. just to stop the bleeding. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing I can see them doing. I know it was thinking Janssen, Kapanen, Kerfoot, what, those kind of guys with term on their contract maybe could be used in hockey trades, and maybe that still could be the case, not in Janssen's case, but the other two, but I highly I highly doubt it. Yeah, nobody is, quite frankly, going to help the Maple Leafs out between now and next Monday, February 24th at 3 p.m. Eastern time, of course, the trade deadline. But they, they've got to figure this out clearly internally is what we're telling you. Do not expect, if you're sitting out there and expect some blockbuster deal, I just don't think the Leafs are capable of doing something like that at this point in time. More so an off-season transaction. Like but, this. But, but this is where we're slip-sliding away in Leafville yeah. again, Leaf Nation, where it probably went too far, beginning when John Tavares, July 1st, uh, a year and a half ago, and all of a sudden the Stanley With Cup the appeared. the yeah. But the Stanley Cup appeared to be right there. Yeah. So now there's this reevaluation about, okay, where really are the Maple Leafs? The uh, distance has widened between Boston and Tampa Bay and Washington, where the perception was it was going to close. It yeah. hasn't. And now... To tonight's game, what I'll say is Sheldon Keefe talked about the team lacking maturity after the game against Chicago before the All-Star break. And this would be one of those again tonight. Agreed. Uh, so the point being is what's your message against Pittsburgh on Tuesday? That's all you can do in moving forward. And if they don't do things like that, then they won't be in the playoffs. The Florida Panthers are doing everything to give them the playoff spot. Like the Panthers have really gone in the dumper. The, Pan- the Panthers had all this momentum and the all-star break aside from the comeback win against the Maple Leafs. They've been terrible. So really that's all you have to beat. It's almost like the old Norse division days when there were five teams and the Norse division was the weakest team and 16 out of 21 teams made the playoffs. And quite often the Leafs got in the playoffs based on being the least, the second worst team 
of a bad division. That's almost what it's like right now in battling the Florida Panthers for that third and final spot in the Atlantic division. And so the Maple Leafs have 22 games, 22 games remaining in this season. The Florida Panthers are four points back with two games in hand. And again, as you've referenced time and time again, they will see each other a couple more times this season. Same goes to Tampa who don't lose hockey games. It's just incredible how quickly the separation has been built. The Maple Leafs, what a month ago, were vying for home ice advantage in the first round. That's done. They're 13 points back of Tampa. They're 16 points back of the Boston Bruins. And this is as real as it's going to get this season. They're, they're, they're fighting for their playoff lives right now, Gord. Yeah, they are. But they were they were out, out, out when the coaching chain was made. So, yeah. we, again, we go back. Like, every now and then when we finish up, because you cover all the statistical bases, and you'll throw mm-hmm. a Sheldon Keefe's record, and you go, wow, that's a great 11 and 4, by the way. I mean, that's a great record. Like, yeah. you look at that. Wow, 22, 11, and 4. That's coach of the year record in general if you do that year in, year out. Yeah. So that's how far they've come. That almost would add to the disappointment if they can't get to the finish line and make it to the playoffs. The fact they dug themselves or they dug themselves such a deep hole and and couldn't and got out of it and then put themselves back in it. Yeah, and it's it's not fair to use excuses. Again, we always like to bring up Pittsburgh, but I think you look at that record, it's even more impressive to me considering the injuries this team has had. Like Morgan Riley, I know he wasn't having a great year, but just having a guy who can eat up those type of minutes, be a top two defenseman for you, I think is very underrated. Again, Timothy Lilligren and Rasmus Sandin, I don't care if they're in your top six or top eight on the back end. Like they're playing way above where they should be. Both these guys were in the American Hockey League a month and a half ago, right? And now you're putting them in meaningful hockey games and it's great for the experience, but they're getting exposed left and right. Like Rasmus Sandin got exposed big time on that goal there in the third period. And those are, you know, they're growing pains. I mean, it's very, very normal, but... Can you have growing pains when you're fighting for your playoff lives uh, is my question. Yeah, I and mean, the idea was, of course, with CeCe and Riley that Sandine would be with the Martys and maybe get eased into it. Lilligren, it always was felt he needed another year yeah. that way. And, and again, maybe maybe that's the body they go and get given whatever CeCe's health and Riley's health to try. I, I sort of was kidding about Ron Hainsey, but almost someone like that yeah. or like Andy Green, I don't know, someone someone like that to get because you're not going to be able to do a blockbuster trade. You're not going to get Jared Spurgeon or someone like that for the Minnesota Wild Dumba. at that particular point. But yeah. but this game tonight, they lose 5-2 to Buffalo. They tied it 2-2. But really, it was a 5-2 game feel for Buffalo throughout the game. It felt like it was 8-2, honestly. Yeah, the like... score the score was, was false when it was 2-2. <laughs> but at that point, they had momentum. And so you get a chintzy bad penalty call. You still got to kill it. You still got to kill it. And it's only a matter of time because the Sabres just – it there see that was the like it looked like it looked like the Sabres were on the power play for so much of the first 40 minutes and they weren't you'd be watching some things shifts going on and you're going at least at least PKing because it looks like they are but no it was just how the Sabres were dominating the offensive zone and you know this is a Sabre team they're going at it tonight they're sitting back there they thought they would be vying with the Toronto Maple Leafs for a playoff spot in the Florida Panthers and you look at nights like tonight where you say wow why the hell is that not happening in Buffalo? And, I mean, that's for them to figure out. It's it's just a tough animal to get to that next plateau and to, to really get to that next plateau and stay at that next pl- plateau and that next level. And so the Sabres are really disappointed about that. But Leafs are going to be really, really, really disappointed if that's the way the season ends. Buffalo's won three in a row and four of the last five. Again, Victor Olofsson, no shocker here, comes back to this lineup, has really spearheaded Jack Eichel. I thought he was good again in this game, but Buffalo, eight points back. They have a game in hand in the Maple Leafs. Never say never. We've seen epic runs before. Again, their goaltending's a major question, but like, let's not forget the desperation level at an all-time high for Buffalo 
They want to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. They had to win this game in regulation, found a way. But again, it's the back-to-back. You can make that excuse for the no. Maple Leafs. But I just, I felt for the, they weren't moving, Gord. It was like they were in quicksand, which is is scary to me when, again, not to, not to keep harping on these contracts, but you pay these guys a lot of money. And I'm not really ripping on Austin Matthews. I thought he was good. Like, he's always good. Like, John Tavares has had his moments this season where you're like, what's going on? But it's more so the depth guys who are supposed to set this team apart from other teams because they got guys who can supposedly play in their top nine. Guys like Alex Kerfoot was underrated type pickup in that Colorado deal. I just think it's inexcusable, and there has to be a bit of accountability, especially when it comes to a goal like that. Like, this guy, it's not his first year in the league. I just yeah, We're talking about the defensive yeah, play. I wasn't Kerfoot crazy about just, that, yeah, give, He yeah. gave up on the play. Well, yeah, giving up on the play. You could say maybe he thought that Sandine was supposed to take the guy, but he get, it, Ocposo just bullied through yeah. for uh, that goal. And then uh, on the other side, Kapanen, who gets, because Perry Kapanen got the big overtime winner early in the week, but... Man, he's been he's been off his oats. I like using Jekyll that phrase. And I like it's he had a breakaway in the first couple seconds. of minutes, yep. and it could have been one nothing. Like he had a clean cut breakaway, missed the net. I mean, you can't score at every breakaway, but I mean, but that, hit the net at least. That, you know? But also, that's the scoring you're talking about. I mean, yeah. those are the guys. So you're not getting the secondary scoring, which is a surprise because last year everybody was scoring. Yeah, twenty goals. If you didn't have twenty goals, you were a loser as far as Leaf forwards went. Right? That was twenty goals yeah. were automatic if you played. Uh, on the Leaf forward line, basically, and and you're not getting the secondary scoring, and then defensively, just some weird stuff is happening, and you can't blame it on Jake Gardner. So in your opinion, are the Maple Leafs resorting back to a lot of what they did under Mike Babcock? Well, I... Like, some of the stuff I'm starting to see, it's like, I I saw this in the previous regime, and I wonder if it's not uh, entirely on the coach anymore. Well, it's not on the coach anymore. It's not on my... And I just... Like, this year, I just never thought... I'll I'll talk about it till I'm blue about that yeah. that press conference last year that ideally the move should have been made with the Mike Babcock followed by Kyle Dubas press conferences that sounded like they were with two different teams. Okay, mm-hmm. but Mike Babcock sort of served a very very useful function and purpose as a Maple Leaf coach up to this season. So I think it's just baffling and perplexing for us as fans, mm-hmm. and it's not our job to help figure it out. We'll offer all kinds of advice about it, but yeah. to see this team take a step backwards, not sideways. Backwards, not not growing pain, not a hiccup. Take a step backwards. Just when we bought it all, we drank the Kool Aid, and rightfully so, said we'll we'll let you come dead last, and we'll support the team. And the one out of five chance to get the first overall pick happened. Got Austin Matthews. Okay, now we can see it, and you could see it, and there were the returns. You could the realization that it's been done the right way, and then it's gone sideways. And but that's better than when Mike Babcock left and had gone in the gutter. So at least they got it back on track. So they're obviously not where we thought they would be. And you realize it's not that easy to get there. It's not that easy to get where Boston is right now and Washington is right now and Tampa Bay is right now. I'm not making excuses for them. That's the stuff they got to figure out. Yeah, just to that point, I think it's a whole different narrative when you're the hunted and no longer the hunter, right? There's no pressure on you. And that's the Maple Leafs from a couple years back where they sort of creeped up on people and people are like, wow, damn, this team's really, really good. But then you go out there, you get a big fish in John Tavares, you bring him into the fold, you sign these guys to lucrative deals and you expect it's like Stanley Cup or bust in this market. Like I'm not, to me, I'm not looking at the season saying, Hey, if they get past the first round, it's a success. You have this roster put together this way. They've got to do something substantial this spring. Like they're, they're, they know this. I mean, Kyle Dubas knows this. I don't care if he's got cap constraints out the yin yang. He put this together. Brandon Pridham put this together. Um, that he's got his guy in Sheldon Keefe. There are no excuses anymore. And again, we can't use the injury excuse. Look at the Pittsburgh Penguins. 
without one of the best players on this planet, and they won 75% of their games, more the, than that. The um, the point you make as well about the big guns and the pressure, so the only other number one overall pick by the Maple Leafs was Wendell Clark in yeah. 1985. And Wendell talks about, they talk the pressure playing in the NHL, and Wendell says, and you can relate it to Matthews Marner and Nylander and all those guys, he said, you kidding? A rookie's the best. Like, it's all new. It's all great. There's no expectations. Everywhere you go, it's a new it's a new venue, going on the road, flying, charter planes, new cities. He just said, it's awesome. It's the other way around. When you think you don't feel pressure, not supposed to as a veteran, you start feeling That's that it. pressure. Yeah. And it's just a, a different animal. And, and again, you know, these Leafs, they certainly, and I'm not knocking them, but they were, they, they went hard for the contracts. And they got the contracts, and they still are the star players, the elite players. But it set up a real have, have not. It's it set up a no middle class salary cap structure more so than any other team in the National Hockey League. So you you put the pressure on those guys, and I I really can't criticize any of them by and large. But it's it's that structure. And then you thought you got some other guys in the lower middle class. And it just it just isn't happening right now. I've really struck a nerve, by the way, on social media when it comes to Sabres Nation, uh, because they, you know, somebody tweeted out the Jack Eichel taunt, and I just promptly put Jack Eichel his playoff stats, which he doesn't. Oh have my any. goodness! And people lost their. Cl- I love trolling people. You I know, know you this, get in the trenches. And I'm not crazy media. about that. Like a guy who's done nothing in the league, taunting. I mean, what have you done, Jack Eichel? Oh, uh, it's it's in Buffalo. I, know, I understand why it's you like Leaf it. Fans taking the arena, yeah. I, and and he walks the walk. Thirty three goals for him on a crappy team. He walks the yeah. walk. So um, good so for it, him. He it, can it, walk it into the uh, the golf course in the summer. Well, yeah, but every team would like to have Jack. Now you're doing the Andrew Peters mm-hmm. all those years ago against the Toronto Maple Leafs. But anyway, stirring it up. I've never been social a media, fan. I'll be honest. Oh, uh, stirring up social media is something you're good at, and uh, you've done it again. I just think there's a theme with the player and this team missing the playoffs. Oh, I don't. I don't. But that's good. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. That's good. Obviously, you're very well said, Gord. Um, I've struck a chord with me losing to the Buffalo Sabres the way the Maple Leafs did tonight. There's teams I just don't like losing to Buffalo, Ottawa, Montreal. So, oh, yeah, the rivals. And and, and we mentioned it the Buffalo Sabres from the moment they got in the NHL and the French connection line was phenomenal. And then you went through whatever it was 15 years of Dominic Hashik and Ryan Miller. Yeah. uh, Phenomenal goaltending. And uh, it continues to be a place the Leafs are snake bit for whatever reason. Easy night for Carter Hutton as well. Just getting started here in Leafs Nation post game. Still the gum. Uh, we have Ryan Dixon of Sportsnet.ca who's down at KeyBank Arena. We'll get his thoughts on this five-two loss. We'll hear from Sheldon Keith. We'll go inside the locker room. Um, another tough week ahead for your Maple Leafs. And don't forget the trade deadline now eight days away. They have Pittsburgh twice. The Carolina Hurricanes next Saturday. It is Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic breaking down a 5-2 loss for the Maple Leafs here in the back-to-back on the road in Buffalo. Brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590, the Fan and the Leafs radio network. We need to talk about what just happened. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590, the Fan and the Leafs radio network. Now here are the Leafs coming through center. Brought in over the line now by Barry. Works into the corner. Plays to an open wing. Nylander is late getting there, and the puck comes out at center, and Kerfoot is trapped, and it's brought in now in a loose puck in front of the goal. Scores! Evan Rodriguez sets it up. 
U-G-L-Y. I'm not talking about Gord Stellick. I'm talking about that effort for the Maple Leafs. You're handsome, Gord. 5-2 loss to the uh, Buffalo Sabres. And again, just uh, what are you doing, Alex Kerfoot? And uh, it went from there. Rasmus Sandin, a uh, sort of welcome to the NHL-type moment. He had a tough night. That has been a theme as of late. But breaking down a 5-2 loss here for Maple Leafs on the road. This is Leafs Nation postgame brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers. This is Nick Alberga joined alongside Gord Stellick. Chime in on Twitter if you'd like your thoughts on this one at the Gold Muzzy, uh, at Gord Stellick. Uh, Ryan Dixon of Sportsnet.ca is coming up in mere moments from Key Bank Center. We'll hear from some of the uh, players involved in Sheldon Keep, hopefully as well as the Maple Leafs get set for a three-game week, but you just got to move past this, Gord. Yeah, you do. Three goals. Uh, it was tied 2-2, then three goals in a minute, 31 seconds. That kind of flurry and yeah, that kind of non-compete, that kind of breakdown, which is what the Leafs have done far too much the last... 10 games or so, and that's going to be the challenge for Sheldon Keefe and his troops. Uh, yeah, I keep I keep thinking about the game. It's just disappointing. Last don't, night, don't, Gord. Just move on. But last Family night, day tomorrow. No, but last you night, and Justin uh, Stelic can That's hang right. Out. Last yeah. night, the Ottawa game was one that wasn't pretty, but Leafs got a 3 nothing lead, yeah. and they did what they needed to do to accumulate points. And tonight, they didn't. And, you know, Very well put, actually. There's, and there's going to be games like that, and but you only get so many. They've, they've used them up and then some. Yeah. And not, not only had Michael Hutchinson use up his get-out-of-jail-free cards, <laughs> you know, that the fans turned on him quick after the Florida thing, even though, he, you know, he seemed to right at the ship. Yeah. The Leafs have used up their get-out-of-jail-free cards, and we still got a quarter of the season left. A couple positives in this game. Among them, we're about to play. It's time for the VTech call of the game when the ultimate Toronto sports getaway with the VTech wake-up call. Call 416-413-4141. Leave a message and set your alarms every Friday morning for your chance at the weekly $500 prize to qualify for the grand prize. Visit sportsnet.ca slash 590 for details. Dermott traps on the fire boards to Korskoff in the slot. Wrist shot deflected off the stick of Spezza went wide. Sabres turn the puck over. Spezza steals it back, trying to get it in front of the shot. Scores! Igor Korskov, his first NHL goal! And the Leafs are on the board! How about that? Dan Milstein did not break that one, by the way. Uh, the 39th player in Leafs franchise history to score in his NHL debut, by the way, Milstein breaking. He's the agent last night before the uh, Leafs were off the ace that Igor Korshkov got the call. And I thought the fourth line was actually pretty good in this game, Gord. Yeah, them and the first line. Yeah. The the Matthews, Marner, Zach Hyman line were real good. And the fourth line gave some energy. Jason Spezza gives him a, you don't, you don't catch it on audio. What a great feed Jason Spezza gave him. And nice one. The last three guys... To do it, he mentioned it's the 39th, so we forget Ilya Mikhaev. He had 23 points in 39 games. He did it this past October 2nd. He got a goal in his first NHL game. Justin Hall did it in January 2018. And, Proud of course, that, yeah. the one and only Austin Matthews, the first of four, October 12th, 2016, which is over three years ago. A long time ago. Yes, it's time yes. marches on, but it seems like just yesterday but it is a long time ago. Eric Carlson was the captain of the Ottawa Senators. Mark Stone was there, and now, well, they're not. Um, but again, if you're a Maple Leafs fan, you just have to look ahead and look past this game. Let's go inside the locker room. We'll start with uh, number 19. Local product, of course. Here's Jason Spezza. How did you see the momentum shift, uh, especially in the third period when things appeared to be going Toronto's way? Yeah, we did a good job to make a push in the third, and then uh, they get the power play goal, and then we give them uh, two more, and, you know, that point of the game we got to find a way to drag points out of this and uh you know fred played, played phenomenal for us and gave us a chance to be in the game and we probably didn't deserve to be after two periods and uh, these are games you know you'd like to see us drag points out of 
Don was saying the team hasn't been able to put together that full 60 minutes. What do you think the changes are needed to be made to do that? Well, it's a tough time of year. As teams are going to take momentum. I don't think you're going to get 60 minutes of dominant hockey from here in the Knights, but I think you're going to have to uh, understand that you got to control the momentum swings a little better than we did. You can't give up three uh, when the other team gets momentum. And, you know, for us, it's, uh, you know, being able to halt their momentum and get it back kind of coming our way. So um, it's a tough time of year. you got to drag points out of games. It's a lot of hockey in a short period of time, and uh, we have to find a way to, to just to be better and to get more points. What do you think of Igor's hands for such a big guy? Yeah, I saw him in camp and played with him a little bit in camp, so uh, knows the game pretty well. And he's a big boy; he got a good shot off, and uh, you know he's uh, he's been scoring goals, I think, down the Marlies. So I think it's definitely he's got a goal scorer's touch. What's the challenge? Go ahead. What's the challenge going to be like now with Pittsburgh? Two games in three nights. Yeah, we're going into a, a team that's playing really well, and uh, they've been tough to beat all year. And now they got Sid and Gino going, and. Um, you know, it's going to be a tough night for us, and I think it's a good challenge. We got them back to back, like two games in a row against the same team, which I think can bring some emotion uh, into the games, and I think that's good for us this time of year. What do you make just that you weren't able to build off what the fans were, were giving you from, from the opening? Given this, this seemed like a, it seemed like a very much like a maybe game. Yeah, it was a great crowd. We have great traveling fans. I said it's. Uh, you know, when I signed here, I didn't realize how good it was, uh, and it's something that gives us a lift on the road. And yeah, we would have liked to have had a better start uh, with all our fans here, but uh, it wasn't the case tonight. But uh, we know they're going to be there next time for us, and we'll have a better start for them. There you have it, uh, Jason Spezza. His breakdown here, again, of a very disappointing five-two loss to the Buffalo Sabers. Leafs fans do travel well. I would suggest not traveling to Buffalo anymore because the Maple Leafs, quite frankly, don't win there and they get embarrassed most times. They did tonight a 5-2 win here for the Sabres. But again, all you can do is park it. And you're right, Gord. You look ahead to the next game. Um, you're playing Pittsburgh in the back-to-back. The Pens 7-2-1 in the last 10. They're riding high. They picked up Jason Zucker. If you think you're one of the better teams in this league, which the Maple Leafs internally do, you got to stack yourself up against some of the best and you got to rise to the occasion. And that's what I'm looking for as soon as uh, Tuesday on the road at PPG Paints Arena. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I still believe in this team's ability to compete with the compete with the heavyweights around that way. And and Pittsburgh has Pittsburgh maintained that. And then, as John Tavares says, with Gino and Sidney back, I mean, he faced them in the Metropolitan Division as arch rivals for so many years that way. Yeah. We'll see what gives. It's always uh, big news when and fun when Sid, Sidney Crosby comes to town, and he'll do that on Thursday. But on Tuesday... They'll be there, and if we're talking Thursday night after the game, and they've lost two more, and uh, then, again, then you sell. Well, that, well, then, well, then also, and we have to see what Florida does. If Florida continues their ineptness, uh, that that's called backing into the playoffs. At that point, you'll put Buffalo and Montreal back in the race hmm. if you're going to back into that level. But yeah, gotta get at it. I I don't know if they're hit, hitting the road tonight or staying over in Buffalo. Probably hitting the road. Pittsburgh isn't very far. I'd stay see in Buffalo, gets. Gord Chippewa Street. Yeah. No. Ralph Wilson Children's Museum now is right across from the hotel. Okay, I'll take your uh, word down for there. It. Yeah, I was just down there two weeks ago for a hockey tournament. You were. You watched Columbus and Buffalo a couple weeks back. You know, I would get creative, and I've said this time and time again, although I do think it's difficult. Um, Tyson Berry, put him on the market. Just look what Andy Green just fetched you. Teams still think they can they can fix whatever Tyson Berry is, right? I think you'd find a taker and, and a pick and something. A good pick in that, and you parlay into something else. Maybe well, I'm just getting a bit crazy, Anyway, but. yeah, we'll chat more about that. Yeah, I've got some ideas, Gord, as you know. Let's bring in now uh, Ryan Dixon of sportsnet.ca to break this one down. A 5-2 loss for the Maple Leafs here at KeyBank 
center. Uh, Ryan, your thoughts, your rate there, um, you know, three goals in 131. I don't think was really the story. Buffalo was definitively the better team. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I actually thought the Leafs came out decent and Kapanen had that breakaway. And maybe if that goes in and the, the crowd gets fired up here, it's a bit of a different story. But halfway through the first, I just thought the Sabres really started to take over. I mean, Freddie Anderson was clearly the best Leaf on the ice by a mile, and he did everything he could to keep him in it. But, yeah, I mean, for 85% of the game, uh, it was it was really all Sabres. Yet there they were with, you know, sort of the game on their stick, the Leafs, that is, after when Hyman tied it, they came right back with a strong shift with the Tavares line, and Carter Hutton had to make a couple good saves, and, you know, you kind of thought the old formula of, all right, uh, Anderson throws up the wall and, and they get some timely scoring. Maybe they're going to get out of here with a point or two. But, um, yeah, came apart uh, fast there. And, yeah, I certainly thought it was a just result for the Sabres, who for the, the vast majority of the game took it to the Leafs. Yeah, and Nick and I were just talk, we're talking a lot about it. Of course, that's what we do, Leafs Nation postgame. And, but Professional it's, broadcasters. It's, are, uh, right? it's, it's almost... Is this like after the Chicago game before the All-Star break? And I'm, I mean, I don't think he'd be as uh, indicting uh, Sheldon Keefe about playing, being an immature team or lacking maturity, but they, they just got to come back against Pittsburgh. I mean, you got to, if you're going to put up an effort like this tonight, just not have the legs for whatever reason, the key is you got to bounce back big time on Tuesday. Yeah, that's right. I mean, obviously there was a few grim looks down there outside the, the Leaf room as everyone came out, but you know, the reality is you play so much at this time of year. Every team is, but, um, you know, the schedule is so condensed at this time of year that, you know, to some degree this is going to happen. I think the disappointing thing for Toronto is, I mean, you had a chance to go up six points on Florida, which got hammered and has been uh, on Friday and has been sinking. And I know Florida has some games in hand, but, you know, you get up six points, you're starting to feel pretty good about things. And, uh you know, you you are starting to see a little separation there, maybe a little breathing room for the Leafs, but poof, um, you know, that's gone. And, and now Florida still only four back with, uh, I think, with two games in hand. So, um, you know, I think it's a balance down there. I, I don't, you know, I don't think that Sheldon Keith can pound the table and say, you know, how could you guys ever come up with an effort like this? We know this is going to happen from time to time, but, um, it wasn't a great look, and, and it's too bad for the Leafs that once they kind of got a little momentum, it really went, uh, you know, when they didn't follow through and come through with another goal, it just went sideways pretty quick. Yeah, it did. And again, Buffalo always plays Toronto well, especially on home ice. Again, a 5-2 win. We're with Ryan Dixon of Sportsnet.ca. Uh, your thoughts on the fourth line? Because Igor Korshkov makes his NHL debut in this game, ironically enough, in a building he was drafted in a couple years back. And I thought he brought some jams, some, you know, different sort of style to this Maple Leafs lineup. He scores in this game. So there's that as well. What would you make of that fourth line tonight? I mean, to be honest, I really didn't think any line had it except for uh, the Matthews line and specifically Mitch Marner. I mean, he was the only guy I thought who looked threatening all night. For the Leafs, but um, hey, listen, you're not going to complain about a guy <laughs> scoring a goal yeah. in his NHL debut. OPS, he's playing his third game of the weekend. Oh, and he's also scored in four straight games now because he pops one in each of his last three AHL games. And, and you know, Spezza made a really nice play on that as well. So, uh, of course, that's a little reason for optimism and a little, you know, a little reason to smile. I'm sure the, the big Russian, uh, despite the loss, is, is still feeling pretty good, at least about that. And 
you know, you, you talk about, um, you know, a team that's always facing questions about physicality. Well, there's a six foot four guy who uh, is showing a little touch. So we'll see. I mean, I imagine there'll be some, you know, some different guys will still get looks down there, but um, you've got a guy in, in Spezza who can still create a little bit. And, and that was a really nice goal. That was uh, a quick answer back after the Sabres had gone up two there. And, and it really, that was what pulled the Leafs at least temporarily in, into the game. So, yeah, I mean, uh, on that play looks good. And, and certainly I, I don't think looks uh, out of place by any stretch, but honestly, I, I really didn't think anyone outside the, the top line and, and really it was Marner driving that one for my money. Well, uh, all kinds of talk, Townie, down to the trade deadline. A couple of moves today or in the last 24 hours. Andy Green goes to the New York Islanders, but pretty big move, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, granted, Blake Coleman has a year on his contract after this year, but pay a lot of first-round pick and Nolan Foote to the uh, to the New Jersey Devils. So it gets the trade deadline juices going, and I'm, I'm wondering what you think the Toronto Maple Leafs, what the mindset is there, what you think they will do or won't do when the clock strikes 12. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're the Leafs, you're a little worried that the the price for buyers all of a sudden looks pretty high, I guess, depending on on what you want to do. But, I mean, you know, this team has been so banged up, and obviously they've got the injuries on the back end. Um, you know, they've addressed the backup need. It just feels like that one thing out there is, can you add a defenseman? I mean, my, my gut tells me it's probably going to be more nibbling around the edges than than making a, a big splash, but who knows? But I mean, you know, even a night like tonight where Sandine goes out for, uh, you know, a handful of shifts at the end of the first and, and the start of the second, you just see like how quickly it can happen that another injury happens and you, you kind of just can't have enough bodies back there uh, at, at this time of year and, and going through the stretch run and, and into the playoffs. So um, I, I have to believe there's still something else coming, but yeah, when you look at uh, the price that the Tampa Bay paid to get a guy, granted with a little term, but that goes to show you it's not, uh, you know, it's it's not cheap out there if you're if you're looking for guys who are going to make an impact. So that's certainly something. I mean, the Leafs have a little taboo now with with the injuries to to play with, but um, but it's going to cost you if you want to make an impact move. Yeah, that's why I'm preaching creativity. Put Barry on the market, get the assets from that deal, and parlay them in something else, but that's not going to happen. Uh, Ryan, thanks so much for this. Great to connect with you, bud, and uh, great job tonight. All right, thanks. Anytime, guys. There you have it. Ryan Dixon of uh, Sportsnet.ca. By the way, we're going to take the break. Other side, we're going to hear from Sheldon Keefe. Some of the shade he's throwing out there is tremendous. We weren't good at all, but I was impressed with Buffalo for most of the game, it didn't feel like we were in the building at all. Frankly, I was a little stunned at the surge we did have in the start of the third period. So uh, <laughs> He's got a media job when he's done. His I love analysis him. is excellent. This is up there with the immaturity comments, which he was bang on with uh, in that Chicago game way back when. So we'll break it all down coming up. We'll hear from Sheldon Keefe. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic. A 5-2 loss on the road here in Buffalo for the Maple Leafs. Brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers. You're listening to Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, and the Leafs Radio Network. Don't worry, we'll turn the lights off when we leave. But we're not done yet. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. 2 goals in less than a minute for the Buffalo Sabres. And now a third one coming in front. They score! And the floodgates have opened. 
Rough night for the Maple Leafs in Buffalo. No doubt about that. They surrendered three goals in 131 in the third period. And that was it. That was all a 5-2 win here for the Buffalo Sabres on home ice against the Maple Leafs on the back-to-back. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic. Brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers. You're listening to Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590, the fan in the Maple Leafs radio network. Without further ado, I mentioned some great quotes here. Here's the head coach of the Maple Leafs from after this one, Sheldon Keefe. Sheldon, there were stretches you liked, but uh, obviously a 91-second portion of the third period, uh, you must not have liked. Uh, talk about the momentum shifts here tonight and how to eventually cost your club. Well, obviously, you know, for the first 10 minutes of the first period, I thought we were fine. Uh, not a lot happening really either way, but I thought we were fine to start the game and it got away on us in the se- second half of the first and then all through the second period. For the most part, uh, we weren't, we really weren't even in the building. We regrouped, had a really strong surge to start the third period, put ourselves in a position, obviously, to tie the game. I thought we had some chances even to take a lead. And then we got off kilter there with a penalty call against us and uh, goes in uh, goes in on us uh, with our penalty kill. And we obviously didn't recover or respond well after that. How concerning is that for you when the club doesn't respond to the momentum shifts in a game? I mean, it's to me it was pretty apparent from about the 10-minute mark of the first period on that we didn't have it today. So the fact I was, frankly, I was a little stunned that we even had the surge that we did to start the third, just because we just didn't seem to have it today. Um, so I was impressed with our team and how we pushed and how we started in that third period. Uh, like I said, I mean we could have been ahead in that game. Penalty goes against us, and then like, you know, we didn't. I didn't like the response there, but uh, it just seemed like we we played and defended tired for most of the game, and just uh, made life real easy for them. What did you see from Freddie that uh, obviously provides optimism moving forward? Yeah, probably you know the, the one positive I'll take from the game is that Fred was able to get a lot of work today. Uh, our goalies haven't had a lot of work for quite some time in terms of the shots and chances against. Uh, so it's a chance for Fred to get his confidence and get a lot of uh, a lot of pucks and a lot of action, a lot of movement of the puck. Uh, you know, uh, Buffalo was really good today. You know, we weren't good at all, but uh, I was impressed with Buffalo today with how they moved the puck, the skill that they had, the depth, all four lines. They didn't give you any shifts off, all six defense. The goaltender was very strong, even though we didn't get a lot of action. When we did get around the net, we had a lot of really good looks, and he was excellent for them to not really let us get any sort of uh, real momentum but I was impressed by their team today uh, and you know it was a lot of action for Fred. When you say you don't have it uh, Sheldon where's your concern level with that? Or is it a one-off? How do you see that? Well I mean this is the worst we've been in a really long time uh, you know we, we haven't been able to get the results that I think we're capable of getting but each seems like each each game has been a little bit different in terms of what the issues are today because I said we just we just looked like we had tired legs all over the ice we were second to pucks we didn't close in defensive zone and as a result spent way too much time in our own end and let their skill just kind of pick us apart um, so this one it's certainly not a one-off because we, we haven't really put our game together for quite some time but this one was different today where we just as I said, for most of the game, didn't feel like we were in the building at all. How do you go about addressing that? that you know, that it hasn't been there for, for some 
I mean, as I said, it's 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 been challenging because they're like it's been different and it's been different things all the time you know last week was uh we play real good games put ourselves in position to win and then we don't close it in the third period uh you know and then on on home ice here uh this week i mean we're you know we're giving up leads early and now we're chasing the game and uh, here, I thought we had a fine start, and was, you know we we missed a clear-cut breakaway early in the game that maybe could have given us some life and got us going. We miss it, and we're fine for 10 minutes, and then uh, you know they take it to us, but we escape that period. Um, so it's tough to put a put a finger on it, other than to say that you know we we have to be better. We got to deal with the adversity and the things that we're going through a little bit better. Um, we need to find more solutions to our depth, um, the injuries and things that we've had. Uh, I think we're we're uh, we're finding some challenges. I think on our third and fourth lines uh, and on our defense, on a back-to-back and the schedule the way it's been. I think it really um, really revealed itself in a game like this today against a team as deep as Buffalo is. Uh, he blocked a shot. So he was banged up from that, and he had to get X-rays. And uh, he, for a time, we weren't sure if he was going to come back, but then uh, he showed up on the bench. So it was good for us. What issues now? I mean, obviously, come off this game, but now you're going up against back-to-backs against Crosby and John. You know, uh, Tavares said the one thing you were losing puck battles. That's one guy that rarely loses puck battles, so you kind of have to elevate him back-to-backs. Yeah, not just not just him, but they're their whole team that's what they do they compete very hard and play with a lot of pace and competitiveness Uh, so we'll be challenged in that sense but we'll get a day off tomorrow and a chance for us to regroup Um, I think we have responded pretty well anytime we've uh, taken it on the chin such as today Um, I said I thought we were a real tired group here so hopefully uh, a chance for us to take a day off tomorrow and recharge and regroup and uh, you know a little bit of an embarrassment from how this game went and you know we'll be ready for what it's going to be a significant challenge for us. Very aptly put in my um, assessment there by Sheldon Keefe, the head coach of the Maple Leafs, scored again. They're now 22-11-4 in, what, uh, 37 games under Sheldon Keefe. Quick math. Yeah, great record. Great record. And but, uh, uh, Didn't and, have it tonight. Well, and, and so he's sort of, uh, you know, taking well, – it's not even accountability. It's his team. It's his team. So you, you, you're, not, you're not doing the apprentice period anymore. The honeymoon's over. And he's got a really great read about it. Third and fourth lines, the defense, and just learning some lessons about things like that and whether as coaches and players and all that, how they're going to rise to the challenge. This is a recording big week ahead for the Maple Leafs. A back-to-back, or excuse me, I should say a home-and-home with the Pittsburgh Penguins starts Tuesday in Pittsburgh and then uh, hosting the Carolina Hurricanes, I believe, coming up on Saturday. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic to wrap things up after this. The Maple Leafs falling 5-2 here in Buffalo. Brought to you by your GTA Acura Retailers. You're listening to Leafs Nation Post Game on Sportsnet 590, the Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. After a meal like that, you deserve a little dessert. This is Leafs Nation Post Game on Sportsnet 590, the Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. All right, time to finish things off. The Maple Leafs falling 5-2 against the Buffalo Sabres in Buffalo. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590, the Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. And, of course, 
A big topic of conversation this week will be the NHL trade deadline scheduled for February 24th, 3 p.m. Eastern time. We'll see if the Maple Leafs make a move. We saw a couple moves and both involving New Jersey on Sunday, Gord. Yeah, I did. Kind of a, a first a, a minor one kept thinking, boy, Lou Lamorello's taking a 37-year-old defenseman and Andy Green, the devil's captain, but they get a second-round pick and a, a player, a lesser player in Quenville back in return. Yeah. And then today, and there have been talk, and you mentioned it yesterday, Blake Coleman, some talk about him being traded yesterday didn't happen, then today did not dress for the New Jersey Devils, and he's traded to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Good on the Lightning, right? Last, you know, they, they've been always aggressive when it comes to the trade deadline. They don't want to have what happened last year, getting swept four straight in the first round. So they had a very valuable player in Blake Coleman. They give up Nolan Foote, who was one along with brother Cal, were first-round picks a couple years yeah. apart. So they give up a first-round pick, played for Team Canada, or the World Juniors. So, you know, a real prospect that way and a first-round pick. And it's Vancouver's first-round pick the Tampa, Cape, Tampa Bay procured in the J.T. Miller trade. So Tom Fitzgerald, the uh, interim general manager of the New Jersey Devils, does does a real good job. Blake Coleman has a year left at $1.8 million after this season. So if you have some term, that really heightens your market value. Yeah, it's huge for Tampa, considering he had 22 last year, 21 this year on his way to a career high, and he's so versatile. He can play on your first line. He can play on your fourth line. He's speedy. He can kill penalties. I, I really, really like that move uh, for Julian Brisebois and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, certainly the Devils rebuilding. It's sort of fascinating to me. They almost got more for Blake Coleman than they got for a rental Taylor Hall. How does that make sense? Different GM, but... Yeah, keyword, rental as well. Like, really, that but makes a Taylor lot of Hall. difference. <laughs> I know, it's to, but he's, of course, a former Hart Trophy winner, which changes it that way. But but you're right. It's uh, um, waiting till the deadline now. Teams are a little bit more desperate. The other one was a bit of a hockey trade between Arizona, and, and it was right after that they fired the general manager. Like, it's yes. still weird in New Jersey... They'll allow them to make all those moves. But as we look for the Maple Leafs to get to that next level, look at the New Jersey Devils. Look where they thought they were going to be this year. Look when you get ahead of yourself about what your perception is about your team compared to what your team actually is. And the Devils are probably the best example. I mean, the Oilers, after Connor McDavid, so many hiccups, so many false starts, so much disappointment. And the Leafs are going through kind of that kind of that phase right now. Yeah, believe it or not, the Devils are actually at NHL 500 under Elaine Nazardine, who's still their interim head coach. Uh, they're 13-13-6 since uh, booting John Hines and, and naming the interim there. And certainly uh, for the Maple Leafs, it does not get any easier. Gord, a home-and-home home upcoming with the Pittsburgh Penguins starts Tuesday night, a game you can hear starting with Leafs Nation pregame on the Sportsnet Radio Network at 6.30 entertaining uh, in, and playing in Pittsburgh against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, then back home against Scotiabank yeah. Arena on Thursday. So that's always big when Sidney Crosby and company come to town. But they just got to get at it. The Maple Leafs have to play the kind of road games they were playing when they had eight consecutive road games, scoring at least four goals per game, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that now is in the rearview mirror. They, they've got to find whatever that was, that mojo, that sense, that confidence uh, that they have. They're kind of a fragile team. And uh, there have been a fragile team holding leads and, Tonight, they became a fragile team on a couple of occasions, starting the game and then later on when they tied it up and letting it all dissipate. Points on the week. I've got the over-under set on three. Are you going over or under, Gord? Well, you're talking three next week for three games? Yeah. I'm going four. Okay. So you're yeah. going over. That's all you got. That's correct. Me. Over. Okay. Sorry. Is four over three? Yeah. Okay. I'm going I believe over so. My, my math is never bang on. Two so. would be under. We'll see. Uh, I'm looking for urgency. I'm looking for a response from the Maple Leafs. And again, tune, on, tune in on Tuesday. You clearly do not want to miss that game. I'd like to thank Sam McKee, Anthony Messina, J.R. Manitad for their great work here behind the scenes. To you, Gord Stelic, the most professionals of broadcasters you can find on this planet. 
joining me every time. So this is over, too? I'm going over, and this is over. Exactly. Okay, great. We're finished. Uh, we'll talk again on Tuesday. Disappointing loss, 5-2 to the Buffalo Sabres. You've been listening to Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5-9 and the Fan and Leafs Radio Network, brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers. You've been listening to Leafs Nation postgame, brought to you by your local GTA Acura dealers. Visit yours today.